Hello traders, welcome to the trading podcast where we'll talk about markets and options trading strategies. My name is Ivan Chirilov and I'm the Managing Director of Tradefloor and with me is my co-host Graham O'Brien who's the Manager of Equity Derivative Sales at ASX. Graham, what have we got on today? Thanks Ivan. So on today's show we'll talk about the possible rebirth of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, Italy as the next risk to Europe and what's happening in the markets this week. Uh, also joining Ivan and myself today is Patrick Nelson from uh, the CEO of Traders Circle. I know Patrick and myself are actually doing a tour around Australia doing advanced option presentations and uh, they've been well received by customers. So thank you for uh, taking some extra time out of your day, Patrick, and joining us here today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, mate, you've, been, uh, you've been all over the country lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, Back I've, in Sydney? I, have, I haven't been in one place for very long though, so. <laughs> no. So you're in Melbourne this week and then back to, uh, back to Sydney next week? Yep, we go to Brisbane tonight and tomorrow we've got a session, uh, an advanced option session, two sessions, one at midday and one at 7pm. I think there's still some spots available for those sessions are. are. So yeah, definitely get along. Uh, we've just been in Adelaide and Perth and uh, we've had a really good mix of people attending those sessions, some experienced options traders. It's been going very well, so I'd re- recommend you get along if you haven't booked in already. Yep, and we've got um, uh, a link to that on our blogs, on our weekly for further options game players. Uh, also, obviously, you can go straight to the ASX website and uh, register. I think that's on the banner at the moment, actually. There it is. Cool. Okay. Right, well, let's jump into the market. It's been uh, post-budget. It's been in a bit of a, a landslide, but probably not as, as sharp of a correction as people have expected. Yeah. Totally. How are you guys seeing it at uh, Trader Circle? What, what kind of things are you doing at the moment? Look, we, I mean, we've been looking at the market. It's been, it's been in a range, and um, we've been trading it as such. Um, I guess the media have been looking at trying to not beat up stories. I mean, we're obviously all very concerned about Donald Trump and his behaviour, but uh, the implications of that, the media, uh, the version we get here is always a big beat up, and the market's haven't been too worried about it to date. We got a bit nervous about it last week um, and we broke through that 58.25 sort of support level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were probably for the first time we placed a volatility trade. <laughs> we went long vol. Uh, as such, <laughs> we may go revert out of that trade. It's in a small profit at the moment. We'll probably look at weighing up whether or not we're gonna just continue in the sideways channel. Um, it hit 57, didn't break that level, um, and um, we're heading back up again. So we think uh, at the moment, with the information in front of us, we're still in a range, and there's nothing too exciting going on. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically where we're at. Uh, we've been selling calls and puts in protected strategies, credit strangles, uh, bear calls, bull puts. Um, I don't know if you want me to explain those strategies in this session, but um, that's been the, I, uh, uh, when you pair those two together, you get the, that fancy strategy called Nine Condor, which, which we everyone all loves. Love. <laughs> we all love. So let's, I guess obviously the market is still a little bit shaky, you know, we've, we've dropped off a little bit. Um, where are we, where are we going to be in two weeks? Um, <laughs> is, uh, is I'm just polishing my crystal ball up. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I think we're, well, We'll be somewhere between 59 and 57 is my prediction. Okay. Yeah. Right. You've heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ultra bear, so I think, uh, I think we're going lower. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, is obviously the one thing that has ran, ran out of steam, at least seemingly, is the uh, so-called Trump trade. Um, worries about impeachment possibly didn't help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you see with that? I mean, is it something do you think is a possibility of potential political risk coming out of America? Um, um, or is he just going to hang around? Look, and uh, I know obviously... I, I have... From a I, trader's perspective as opposed to a yes, journalist. So from a, from a trader's perspective, um, we've always been concerned about it and uh, but the market just hasn't, you know... Whether or not uh, Trump is going to get impeached, I don't think that's going to happen in the short term. Um, but it's not healthy for conversations that are going on for mm. the market and it's got to be breeding, um, you know... I guess some real concerns, but look at the moment, 57 to 59, and you know, really we're sticking with the technical view because we've not been able to interpret any fundamental information to give us winning trades. So we're just sticking on the technicals. What would you do if market breaks down below 5700? Have you got any kind of backup contingencies there? Well, we were sitting at um, 5800, and we were in a an iron condor, which we had legged in to. When it broke 5,800, uh, our sold le- levels were down at 56 um, on the uh, bull puts, but we still closed out of the trade. It, you know, it was a profit on a small profit to be taken, so we took it, um, and we went in. We went long vol, mm. all right. And uh, at the moment, we were we was we was we went long vol because we were saying, well, from 57, it's likely to go up back up to 58.50, and if it does that, this is a brilliant trade. Um, but um, if it doesn't do anything, if it doesn't, if it breaks fifty-seven, you know, mm. we're in we're in a good position as well. So, mm. yeah, at the moment we're probably going to revert back to uh, shorting bowl. So, the the traditional way that most people start understanding this um, particular trade, for those of you that know bull and bear spreads, and when we are on the credit side of those particular trades, where we're uh, we're short a credit spread um, as a bull spread and short a credit spread as a bear spread. If we add those two trading strategies together, then we're getting our iron condor. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other ways that people can construct them. Um, some people like like it towards a written strangle where we're not selling to at the money calls. We're selling to uh, we're selling an out of the money put and an out of the money call, and effectively we're protecting ourselves by buying further out of the money puts and buying further out of the money calls. So either way, it still constructs the same strategy, but um, it's a way for us to be able to take advantage of some price movements or low price movements in a marketplace. So if we're, if we're going long that particular strategy, we're wanting large price movements and for the market to move up, but we're reducing our cost by entering the, uh, the condor. Whereas if we think the market will be range-bound and we're selling that particular strategy, then from that perspective, we're limiting our risk in the market. Um, what kind of traders do you think should consider iron condors in terms of experience levels and um, in terms of options experience, I should say? Look, I, I would already want to have been trading options prior to even thinking about the strategy itself. Um, if you're someone that's moved on from covered calls, maybe on to some, um, some bull and bear spreads, it could be the next trade to move on to from there. But um, I definitely want to be, uh, be well-versed at, uh, at trading in the options market before I start utilising that strategy. Um, let's quickly talk about the events of this weekend, although nothing definitive, but um, trade ministers from 11 countries... Um, Plus, there was a US representative met over the weekend at the summit um, to discuss as one of the things to try and keep the Trans-Pacific um, uh, Partnership alive. 
Now, our trade minister, Steve Chovo, was a strong supporter to make it to keep it alive. Um, Trump obviously had a very strong negative view on uh, TPP when he came in. Um, can uh, they come up with a deal, do you think? And, and if so, is it going to be good for the Australian market? Uh, I think they can. Uh, I think the realities of, um, uh, of dealing with different countries are now coming to roost for Trump. It's not as simple as dictating what you want to happen. You're going to have to... You, you rely on your partners... Uh, so I think that keeps the door open for, for something happening, and I think Trump is. Be, I, I think he will be more menial, but mm-hmm. you know, it's to be seen, I guess. Uh, so I mean, if they do pull out, and if they sorry, if they don't come back in, um, how does it look? I mean, they've got a obviously the, the eleven out of the twelve or the TVP twelve minus one, I think as they called it. Um, they are uh, keen on free trade. Mm-hmm. Um, America's got a problem with NAFTA. Um, North American Free Trade Agreement because that's fifty odd year old years old. They've got to restructure that, um, and this was one of the this was a silver bullet to kill it all, um, and then Trump killed the silver bullet, which didn't help. But um, equally so, the rules are that you need either everybody to accept out of the twelve countries, or um, at least six states corresponding to eighty five percent of the GDP. Um, which obviously, without America, is almost impossible. Well, it is impossible. Because America's a big part of the global GDP. So what do they do? How do they bring this back? And, and coming back into the broader argument is this whole revolution of, you know, Brexits and Trumps and nearly Le Pens. You know, it, it really is um, if they've got the desire to get it done, if the political will's there, then, you know, there's a chance. But if it's not there, it won't happen. The most important thing is... is is free trade going to be better for Australia longer term or not if it's signed? Or do we look at concentrating on job sovereignty much like they've done overseas? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, it's not everything it's it cracked up to be and I think Australia should be worrying more about what we're good at and our strategic uh, competencies going forward. Uh, free trade agreement's obviously a nice headline and it's going to be a good coup for any party that's able to negotiate it, uh, it will be a good thing, but it's not everything. Mm. It'd be good for um, resources, you would think. You would think so. Mm. Yeah. And bad for banks. All right, so uh, November is when um, uh, they're due to come back. Uh, they're, they're meant to meet again to discuss it in a bit more detail um, and try and get Trump back in. Um, let's turn to Italy, because that's something that's uh, not really been mainly reported in the news um, and that's what we try to concentrate on, things that haven't really been uh, front um, uh, and centre. But the one interesting thing is uh, Bloomberg had a good article on this um, over the weekend and a few others have, have come out and, and started uh, commenting, um, mostly because the polls have switched um, and there is a, uh, a right party, um, some are calling it even a far-right party, uh, led by... Uh, a former comedian, yeah. uh, Beppe Grillo, yeah. um, who is now taking 30% of the popular vote in those. Now, he is a supporter of Italy leaving the Eurozone, um, mostly because, you know, there's a lot of unemployment and public debt is so high. Um, is it a risk? 
to the Eurozone? Are we going back to the same conversation we keep having about Europe again, about Holland, about Germany? Well, I mean, he's come in because of um, the changes they were trying to make to the Senate voting powers. Um, the president, well, the prime minister yeah. resigned in yeah. December. Yeah, but he he became relevant because of that. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I definitely it, it, to me it's inevitable, right? So we're talking about. Right now, is it going to happen in the very short term? Maybe not, but and, and it's inevitable for me that, this, that the EU will split up. <laughs> I wish we had uh, Mario Draghi in the room. He'd uh, <laughs> 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 he'd tell you off in his European accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he reckons it, it won't happen. Yeah. He reckons it's impossible. Um, it's going to be painful, but it will happen. Yeah, I could, well, yeah. I mean, Euros kind of pricing in a little bit of shock, kind of not. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of traders in the same view. If it does happen, let's say, you know, Italy, I mean, is it even going to be bad for the Eurozone? I mean, they're really not doing that well. It'll be bad for some. Um, I mean, it'll probably be bad for everyone in the short term, but then it'll probably be worse for Germany than it is for maybe Italy. I don't know, you know. Um, If if they write off some debt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a forensic report prepared by uh, Media Banker. This was actually quite an interesting one. Um, and they pretty much said that in a couple of years, um, it will become uh, viably, mon- from a financial side, it will be actually impossible mm-hmm. um, to leave the euro. And they reckon that they should do it as quickly as possible. Um, within four years, it will become prohibitive, is the, uh, is the, is the uh, word. Voluntary debt pro, uh, reprofiling is what they're talking about, and they say that they have to exit the uh, the euro um, to improve their um, uh, debt as part of GDP, mm-hmm. which stands as the third worst country after Japan and Greece. So Greece is a uh, 182% uh, percentage of GDP, and Japan's 235. Now, think about every single country that's... I mean, Costa Rica declared bankruptcy the other day, uh, the other week. Um, even they have a better situation than Italy. <laughs> um, I mean, how severe is this? This is... No one's been talking about this. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's yeah, yeah, them in Greece. It's like... Yeah. And then Spain's not too far behind. Yeah, no. All the countries that like their siestas. And they're not in control of their own printing press. Oh. So, you know... No, but the cost of printing liras is uh, is going to go. Is uh, I mean, they're effectively on a time bomb, yeah. currency time bomb. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. So if if um, uh, Grillo wins, uh, and he's got I mean, five star movement is his uh, uh, his his party. Um, if he does win, he has promised a referendum. You're just going to be like, yep, I've predicted this. You're going to do a mic drop in about five years, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't think he's going to win, right? I, I, you know. Hey, Paul's have been, like, really correct this year, yeah. you know? So. <laughs> but uh, is, is the swing to the right, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think people in Europe maybe are uh, watching America and going, maybe it's not everything it's cracked up to be. <laughs> I just remember what side Italy was in the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Yeah. 
I think, um, yeah. So anyway, so let's um, let's talk a little bit closer to now. I mean, you've, you've touched on a couple of strategies you've been looking at uh, for now. What uh, what are you looking for the week ahead? Are you are you on the sidelines waiting to see if any of these levels break? Are you going hard? Um, look, are we the I think um, we'll be making decisions today and tomorrow. I think we'll probably look at. Um, maybe legging our way back into a condor or something like that. Um, so just been pricing a few up. Um, I'm just pricing one up now as we speak <laughs> using um, the um, our options calculator, which Tradefloor built for us. Um, and a July condor um, between 50, you know, if we're selling down at 56.50, uh, and 6,000, so selling our calls up at 6,000 and our puts down at 56.50, you, you know, you're getting a credit of, uh, you know, 20 cents. So if it stays within that range um, over the next month or so, you know, five or six weeks, uh, that'd be a 66% return. But we probably wouldn't stay in there all that time. We'd probably close out after we got a bit of time to decay from, from it. Can you just explain legging? Yeah, so where we an iron condor is basically, for those that you understand spread trades, is a bull put spread with a bear call spread, right? So you have a bear call spread up at, say, 6,000, 6,050, uh, and a bull put at 5,600. 5, Sorry, let me, 5,600. <laughs> I'm going to get my numbers right there. Right, so you, you have, basically then you want the share price to stay within that range. All right. We stay within that range, but time's on our side in this case, isn't it? So every second that goes by, every day that goes by, we're making money out of this trade if yep. the markets remain in this level. That's correct. So the trade you were talking about previously where you were going long vol, that was kind of the opposite, wasn't it? Where okay. that, that was uh, Time was against us, so you need to move very quickly if the market's not moving for you. That's right. So yep. with, with the, the, we call it the strategy of credit <laughs> strangle. Yep. Uh, the credit strangle we got in at... $2.89, so we received that credits with $2.78 to close at the moment, we'll probably do that. Um, and that was one where we needed the share price to go up 100, or the market to go up 100 points or down 100 points to be in decent profit. Um, and if it goes up more than that, then you can make very, very good money. Uh, but the, the trade has significant time decay every day. So after uh, this Friday, we got into it last Thursday, this Friday, we're on on time watch. Um, if the move hasn't happened, then any break even we can achieve in the next four days we take and in four days from then we close it. So Thursday week we're out of it. Win, lose or draw. And there's really no, not much uh, in the way of numbers this week to move anything. So it's all going to be really news driven. Um, the only one probably to watch for is maybe US GDP coming out 10.30pm on Friday or the OPEC meetings which start Thursday night, which um, is something that people are watching because they are committed to um, reducing supply and obviously the US market has a correlation, uh, a very strong correlation with oil which kind of tends to break down and then come back and see whatever happens. Um, just um, in terms of iron condors, um, it is something that you can build through the options cookbook yes. um, in our game. Um, having said that, it does have 
the three star rating, the three chef had rating on our uh, on our cookbook, uh, which means it is complicated and something you should probably talk to an advisor about prior to putting it on, unless you really understand um, what you're doing. I mean, I, to be fair, most of the um, uh, guests on our show uh, don't trade iron condors, yeah. um, so. Obviously, Trader Circle is a specialist options place. Um, uh, you guys put on a lot of interesting strategies from, yeah. from my recollection. Well, that, that's right. And I think um, the last six months, we've done a fair few iron condors. Uh, but we haven't always, like we've, a lot of the time in the market was up at sort of, when it's up at 59, you know, in those early 5900s, we haven't really seen anything to drive it through 6,000. So, uh, we've been finding it difficult to get to pick direction because the market's been so whippy. Uh, there's no clear sort of trend at that level. So we just sell a bear call up at 6,000. And if it comes back down to a, um, a support level, then we might leg into a bull put and then all of a sudden you've got an iron condor. So um, we've been sort of legging the, the positions in that way. But we've just found that, you know, sometimes when you've got a strong trend, you can trade the directional trades, the straight calls, the bull call spreads, those types of strategies are the best strategies to do. And there are certainly opportunities to do those trades on stocks and sometimes on the XGO as well. Um, but um, the, not the easiest is definitely the wrong word to say, but the trades that we've been finding the most of have been selling volatility, you know, shorting vol. Quick, uh, quick question to you about Trader Circle, um, something that you do field a lot of. Um, tell us a little bit about your company. What do you guys What do you guys do? Yeah, Trade Circle we started in two thousand and five, and basically we we work with people who want to trade options and want to put the things in place that are going to turn themselves into a successful options trader. And there's a couple of things that that encapsulates. Firstly, if you're going to trade, you have to have a way of picking direction. Right, it's essential. Um, there are different ways of doing it. We teach you how professionals use technical analysis, uh, how they consider fundamentals, and how they make structured decisions quickly in the market. So that's an important piece to making you a successful trader. Then it's being able to trade the different market conditions that you're faced with. And um, you know we're talking about iron condors today and bear calls, and I, and I talk about things like selling volatility and, and time and that kind of thing. Well, it's really about just identifying what are the market conditions that I'm in, and then what strategy is going to give me an edge in this market. So if the market's not trending strongly, then we want to move towards strategies that are going to help us make money in a sideways market. Or, or if the market is being really volatile and we don't know which direction it's heading, how to, what strategy is going to help me benefit from, from that market view. So picking direction, being aware of the market, and then once you've done that, being able to identify what strategy is going to work for you in that market, we believe that gives a trader a significant edge. And options certainly do give you that flexibility to be able to trade in that manner. Um, then you've got your risk management and your money management. It's essential. Uh, understanding how to do it, understanding what risk management and money management to use which, with which strategy. Uh, and that's all well and good, but then you need the discipline to actually go and execute that. So um, we find that uh, we're running an education course this weekend, um, and we've just had the people that are at the course have just gone through gone through six weeks of paper trading uh, and they've all done very, very well. 
The next level for them now is to go and apply that with real money in the market. And then they need to have the discipline to follow through and do what they could do on paper in the live market with real money, all right? And, and, that, and that's a, it's a different challenge. So we work with people as they're practicing to reinforce the important, um, the important uh, approach that you take and having that discipline, but also uh, being able to manage your psychology. And when we trade, psychology is obviously a massive piece and I'd encourage anyone who's a trader to read about it and get other people's opinions on it. But seeing the information that's on your screen for what it is, when you've had 10 good trades in a row, is difficult, right? Mm. Because you get really positive and you wanna chase the next winning trade. Uh, just as it is if you've had three or four bad trades in a row and there's a really good trade staring you in the face and it meets all your rules, being able to just disconnect yourself from those recent events and going and putting on a trade anyway. So that's what we do. We teach you all those things and we work with you as you practice and we really hold your hand as you can start to go live and start trading in the market. So it's about teaching you how a professional trades and sort of fast tracking you to have the skills and the knowledge and the experiences to be able to go into the market and do it in that manner. So you guys started by um, having an education program with, with your clients, then you mm. progressed them into being real traders. Yes, that's right. And then you kind of held, handhold them in some way and then yeah. let them take the training wheels off in, in some way, right? Yeah, that's right. And people do things in different ways. So we, we you know, the, some of the trades, we're talking about the iron condors and those sorts of things. Well, they are actually trade recommendations that we go to our clients with, but we wouldn't recommend that anyone do that trade unless they either, one, had a really good advisor who was holding their hand through the process, or if they're going to do it themselves, that they've been educated, they've actually paper traded that strategy before they go and put it on, they understand it, know how to plug it into an options calculator, get the risk, know how it's going to behave, know how to set up risk management and money management around the trade when they go to do it. So, um, you know, as I think you pointed out, Ivan, it is, is a trade for someone who is probably a little bit more sophisticated. Um, but so we have clients that do, um, that rely on ideas from us, but they understand them. And we have a lot of people who trade into what they want to do. They want to be self-directed traders. Some of them want to be full-time traders and are full-time traders. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's different for different people, but we provide all the support um, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, and options are a bit like building blocks, aren't they? You start off with, with something simple, with just a bot call or a bot put, and then you eventually start adding other legs to it, and then next thing you know, you are trading <laughs> iron condors. Yeah. Um, just legs and strategies and blocks. Yeah. Um, and what about some other things? I mean, obviously, a lot of your business is, is around options, and mm -hmm. that's what you guys do. Do you guys do any other um, things that could be of interest to, uh, to listeners? Yeah, sure. Look, um, we, we are... We work with companies who are obviously going through a process of raising capital, either going through an IPO and um, we've got a range of companies we're, we're uh, working with at the moment um, to help them communicate their message out about their businesses and so forth. So we do that. We run portfolios. We have a tax system for options traders as well. Um, and a lot of people find at the end of the year it's difficult to give their accountant a tax report. Um, so that's something that we, we also provide. Um, we had a lot of our clients screaming out for it, so we went and built it. Um, accountants have got to deal with lots of weird and wonderful things and, and options isn't always something they want to add to that list. So um, it's good to be able to do that, yeah. Yep, no, that's... Um, and how do they uh, contact you? 
how do they find out more about your services? And TraderCircle.com.au. Um, they can get to us that way. If they're on the ASX website, they can go to Options TV and there's a whole range of videos uh, that we've shot there. If they click on any of those videos, it will take them to a page, right? And they can contact us from there. Thank you, Ivan and Patrick. Uh, that's about all time we have this week. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud to stay up to date with our latest releases. Uh, we'll also be answering your trading questions. So if you have any questions about today's session or anything to do with options trading, then please email them through to hello at tradefloor or tweet them to our handle at the tradefloor. Thank you to our guests once again, Patrick Nelson from Trader Circle, myself, Graham O'Brien from ASX, and Ivan Churilov from Tradefloor. Uh, both Ivan and myself will be back next week for what I'm sure will be another exciting show with Michael McCarthy from CMC Markets. Uh, please join us then. Thank you. <laughs>